I knew you'd come tonight. Good job. Good job. It's, it's tough uh, out there. And so I really appreciate you being here and putting the effort. And please be careful when you uh, head out of here. Well, we, uh, we, we hardly ever cancel anything at Timberline. But if it's not safe, then we kind of make that decision. But we're going to have our services, as far as we know now, uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, thank you for coming this evening. We really appreciate it. Hey, I want to show you a couple more pics. Or if you were not here last weekend, we are in the middle of remodeling our youth and children's area. And uh, how many of you have noticed it? The, 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 blue, the blue walls? And uh, a lot of stuff's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of stuff put on those walls. And so uh, there's a few pictures here. We're rolling up some carpet, making some changes, tearing out some walls. And it is just going to be so children-friendly and youth-ready. And uh, so be in prayer for the workers and all the stuff that's happening. And uh, we're kind of going to look forward to just launching all this in this new space uh, for the glory of God. You guys, thanks for giving toward that in our open uh, uh, spaces campaign. And uh, your consideration really, really does mean a lot. Well, hey, let me say hi to Windsor. And uh, on a snowy weekend, uh, it's just been snowing and snowing and snowing. So I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that you guys, will, you guys will be safe. We are continuing this series uh, about Abram and Sarai and their family. And uh, today we're looking at what I've called Back to the Future. Now, how many of you remember a movie with a similar name? Back then? And it involved a, what kind of car? I want to know if you know. DeLorean, that, that's pretty good. Uh, a DeLorean and a crazy professor. I, I still remember the hair on, on that guy. But uh, this, this really doesn't have a lot to do with the movie, in case you were wondering. Okay, But it does have to do with the idea of, in our lives sometimes, we go back to where we were before if we haven't learned a lesson well. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. We, we have the term in our, our culture, recycle. And it simply means that that stuff's going to be demolished and torn down and used again for something else. Sometimes life is like that for us. We, we, how many of you feel recycled sometimes? I, I think that's not a bad thing. Sometimes we learn from our mistakes. Other times we just make more mistakes if we don't learn from them. But God never gives up on us. And that's really at the heart of what I want you to be thinking about today as we walk through this story of Abram. The first thing I want you to write down in your bulletin there is this. Um, and as I look him down, I'm having to step back. I just realized I left my glasses in my car. And I didn't want to go back out there and get them in this wind. So, hello! Number one, start over, but don't quit. Start over, but never, never quit. That's, that's something that, that I don't think we ever should get tired of hearing because we're in a culture that has a lot of quitters in it. And, and I want to I just stand up here and challenge us to say, let's be the people who, even in when we make mistakes, even when we have issues in our life, we might have to restart, we might have to regain, we might have to go back, but we're determined that we are not going to be quitters. Abram made a ton of mistakes, and he's got to... Think of last week, okay? Remember? He goes into Egypt and basically gives his wife to the Pharaoh. I mean, that's a pretty big, big mistake. And she's going to be scarred a little bit by that. And, and now they have Hagar with them. There's all kinds of issues. And I want you to just notice on this map kind of this idea of... 
the Bible, what we're going to read in just a second is that they go down to Egypt and they get there and bad things happen and he actually turns around and goes right back. The cities that I read the names of here in just a second are the same cities that we read from the text last week. It's just in reverse order. Okay? So, so he, he goes down and then he's going to turn around and he's going to come right back. What's the difference? The difference is there's a lot more baggage with him now. There's a lot of stuff that he probably regrets. He has some regrets that he didn't have when he first went to Egypt. But has he learned his lesson? What has he learned? And what is he taking out of Egypt with him? I, uh, I think about Genesis 13, verse 1. Let me just read it. Follow along on the, on the screen. So Abram left Egypt, and he traveled north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Now, by now, if you were noticing last weekend, the Pharaoh gave them a ton of stuff. So they, they are not, it's not just a, a little group of people. Now it's the, the family and the animals. And it's, this is like going on a trip with all your pets. How many of you have more than two pets? Okay, come forward for prayer right now. We're just going to, you know, I can remember getting, we always had black labs. And um, anytime we would take those dogs somewhere, how many of you let your dogs ride in the car? If you have dogs, okay. Um, then I don't have to explain anything further for you. It's just a mess. It's just a challenge. And they kind of take over. But this is times ten, okay? They're really walking. They don't have the conveniences of travel like we have. And uh, everyone is on the road. But here's what I want you to take away into this point. Even with all of his stuff and all of his memories and all the lessons learned, Abram didn't quit. He didn't give up on God. He's not filled with bitterness. Things did not work out the way he wanted them to work out, but he didn't quit. And so whatever it is you're facing now, whatever the challenges you're going through, it might not be what you want or hope for. Pastor Mike's prayer really, really talked about this. Some of you might be feeling devastated right now, but God is able if you don't quit and you keep trusting him. So hang in there. Uh, the second thing in your outline is this. He had wealth, but he had no home. And that's, that's worth noting. He is a wanderer. He doesn't have a place to call home. He has left his home. I don't ever remember a time in my life when I didn't have home. And some of you maybe could agree with that for your life, and some of you maybe have a season when you were homeless. But I can't imagine the feeling that he had knowing God has said, go. And look at verse 2, what it says here. It says, Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. And we know from history, and and we'll see it even in in the the text that we study in the weekends ahead, very wealthy guy, very wealthy family, and yet he has no home. How ironic that with someone who, quote, has everything, there is no place that he can call home. I just thought about that when I was reading this and I started thinking about what's really important in my life. You know, how do you define success in your life? Sometimes we look at people who maybe have more than us or things or the financial picture, but you really don't know what's going on inside the heart, do you? You really don't know what it's like inside of their world. And, and I want to I challenge you. The one thing that we can all build is our home. And regardless of what means you have, 
you can have a place that you call home. You know, one of the things that Bonnie and I focused on when we were raising our three children is I never wanted I never wanted our kids to be bitter against God because I was always at the church. And all of our pastors at Timberline work really hard. And believe me, we put our, our, our share of hours in every week. But the bottom line is, I don't want those families of our pastor's kids to resent God or to resent church because we love church more than we love our families. I would say that to you about your job. You know, maybe this is a, a weekend when you can just step back and really examine your life and say, hey, I don't want to embitter my kids. What am I doing with my time? How am I building my home? How am I taking a look at my priorities and being a person that is really focusing on doing what God wants me to do? God was reestablishing Abram's home. There's no doubt about it. And maybe part of, maybe part of what's going to make him the man he becomes is the fact that he is a wanderer at this time. And, and he, he knows the feeling, in a sense, of homelessness, even though he had means. So maybe today it's about you reestablishing your home. The third thing in your outline is this. Sometimes we should retrace our steps. Sometimes we really should retrace our steps. And, and I want to challenge us with a few thoughts about when it's appropriate to do that. Okay? And let me read verse 3. This is just the opposite of what we read last week. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages, that means certain distances each day, toward Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had what? Camped before. So, so they're, they're coming into a camp that they recognize. They're coming into a place where they certainly say, okay, we uh, remember this spot. How many of you have a either a hunting spot or a camping spot that you go back to regularly. Just, just wave at me. Okay. Um, then you know the feeling when you show up and you go, this is it. This is how I remember it. They had this, this very thing happen. Now, I want to talk about circling back to our pain sometimes. Because right now, Abram and Sarai, their family, they have more stuff now at the same campsite than they had before. But they also are carrying more baggage than they had before. Now, Sarai has some memories of a pharaoh and, and, and a harem, in a sense, in the classic sense. That's what she was a part of. Um, Hagar, most scholars believe that she is with them now. And many other servants. All these animals. And I wonder how Abram and Sarai's relationship is, is really doing. You know, I, I want to be really careful here, but... You know, have you ever like? I'll just I'll just tell you something. I I have an office at at uh, this this space that looks out into the west parking lot, and I can watch you get out of the car with your family. And every now and then, I get great joy out of watching a couple with kids having a little argument, and I see them. And I see the frustration in their behavior with each other. And I see how it's kind of played out in the parking lot. And then I see how everything is made just fine right before they walk in the building. How many of you have ever had that problem? You know, some of Bonnie and I's worst times in emotional uh, arguments and and frustrations years ago were on, on Saturdays or Sunday mornings. 
And we decided we're never going to have a, pro- a problem like that again because I can't come into a weekend with that on my plate. But um, I can see that they have baggage now, and they're looking at this campsite, and I don't know if, if there's silence between them. I don't know if they've really had the sit-down chat to where Abram says, what really happened, Sarai, and how are you doing? And I want to know all the details and what went on there. Most scholars believe that she did not end up sleeping with Pharaoh because Pharaoh's preparing women for a Pharaoh would take months and even years in those days. And so God probably saved her from that. But there's a lot of questions. And there's a lot of water under the bridge. When is it appropriate for you to go back to a place of pain? I want to just suggest a couple things. First of all, for some of you who have, who have put a relationship, an issue, a painful experience under the blood of Jesus, and you've walked away from it, the wounds have been healed, there's health in your life, you should never go back and dig all that up. You should move on. Okay? But for some of us, there are things in our lives that, that didn't get repaired right, and we still have bitterness toward it, and we might not know what to do with it. And I think this is a great picture here. How do I go back to that place of error, or that place of damage, or that place of forgiveness? It could even be a place of suffering. How can I go back to that place and surrender those things to God? The things that I said, I can't do this then. Sometimes a life experience mellows us out enough to where we can do better the next round. And sometimes life has a way of forcing us to retrace our steps back to that very circle that we were in before. And that very spot we were in before. I was talking with a a couple who, um, he was in his third marriage, she was in her second marriage. And they said to me, if we had worked this hard on our first marriages, we believe they would have worked. But we've learned now that we just, we just, we just didn't put our hearts into it. And I think there's, there's power in those words to say, how am I investing in relationships? How is God leading me? How am I being changed? How is my life being added to by what I face and what I go through? How did Abram feel going back to where he started with all this new baggage in his life? Number four, what does the path of success look like? What does the path of success even look like? Now, I want to read verse four, and then I want to show you something on the screen here. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, which I think is very significant. And there he worshipped The Lord, and what's the last word? Again. Again. Remember when we talked about building an altar? And a place of surrender, a place of remembering, a place of petitioning? He's at that altar that he built. And I wonder what it felt like to him to look at that and all the stuff that was going on in his mind when he built it. And now he's facing that same altar saying, I need to worship God again. Now, my, one of our daughters, Brooke, our youngest daughter, sent me a text one day that had this very thing in it. And it's, it's, a, it's kind of a cute thing. It's trials and success. And some people think that success looks like this. Go ahead and run that. 
a lot of people think that success has this straight line that just goes straight up and you never have a problem or an issue and you just it just all happens for you and and you never had to fight for it if you ever looked at someone and said their life has been so easy how did that happen to them they're just lucky in life blah 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 because we don't know we don't know the real story oh look at them look at their marriage if i had a marriage like that uh you know if i here's how here's how how really success really looks in most of our lives How many did you get that? Typically, what happens is we go down to Egypt, if I can use the metaphor. We learn some lessons by making bad decisions. And then we have to circle back. But here's the joy of this story. He finds the altar. Now, there's a lot of pain going on here. There are a lot of issues. But he finds this, this altar. And he comes to the Lord again. I was listening to a, a couple give a talk at a business thing where they were very successful. And someone after the talk came up to them and said, this is, this is an overnight success story. And he looked at them and said, yeah, this is a 32-year overnight success story. Right? And that's how, that's how it really works in our lives. Abram isn't done yet. The hope that we have today in stories like this, is that he is able to make it through those cycles of success and all the wobbly lines and all the issues that are trying to hold him back and set him back, but he keeps going. He keeps trying. He's not going to quit. He's going to endure. He's going to persevere. I, I'm, I'm so thankful that he didn't quit. I have some, some takeaways, just some thoughts that, that I want to kind of throw out there for you to consider about this story. Um, number one in your outline is, is this. When you fall, try to fall forward. Because you're, you're going to fall. Now, I don't know how many of you like the sport football, but, but I, I like the sport, okay? I'm not like madly in love with it, but I like the sport. And, and, I, and I enjoy watching it. One of the things that they say about great running backs is that they will learn how to always fall forward. Now, when you're as tall as I am, just falling the right direction with the football can add two or three yards to it, especially if you jump a little bit. Okay? And so, and so it's very important for those running backs to learn how to run the right direction. Running sideways gains you nothing. But learning to fall forward and go forward, you can end up adding to the yardage just by the direction that you fall. There's a lesson here. And it's, it can be applied to our lives in real life. If I know in my life I'm going to make mistakes, and I don't want to live paralyzed in my life to, to try to never make a mistake, okay? I mean, I don't want to make the same mistake over and over, but I want to learn from the mistakes I make. It'd be in leadership, in family, in my marriage, as a dad, a husband, all those things. I've made mistakes. But I want to fall forward when I do that, and I want to learn right then and there, how did I blow that? What did I do wrong? Let's fix this now, because I don't want to come back to this, this same place again. Am I striving to do the work of God in my life? If I fall forward, I can learn from that. The second thought that I have about Abram and this story is that we must never let arrogance keep us from admitting our mistakes. You know, if you haven't said you're sorry for, for a long, long time, it's probably 
it's probably something that uh, you should think about why you haven't, because you probably have needed to say I'm sorry to somebody at some point along the way. And I don't want to be someone that just gets so stubborn, and I'm stubborn, and, and my wife would tell you that sometimes I'm stubborn. Right? Okay. Come up here. Let's talk about it for a minute. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that we all have those places in our lives where we sort of lock up or we have this strong will. It's not always the same places in everybody. But I know that there are times when I'm better off to just say, I blew it. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And, and I think sometimes that's even good for your kids to hear you say that, if you blew it. And hopefully you won't do it too many times. But we all need to learn. In church life, I've had to say I'm sorry. In leadership life, with our staff, with our team, I've had to say I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking when we made that decision, but I want to I change that. And I, I don't want that arrogance to mark my life. I want us to walk humbly before God. And that's one of the things that God can bless in your life, is if you walk humbly before Him and trust Him and not get defensive. You know, I, I, are you approachable? Are you approachable if someone came to you and said, man, there's an issue here that you're not seeing? A good friend, someone in your family. Or will you be so defensive and angry that you'll just write them off and the relationship will end? Abram made a lot of mistakes, but he kept learning. And that's one of the things that make me, makes me respect him. Number three, uh, another thought here is this. Let's learn from the painful experiences in our life. I've been talking about that, uh, this whole message. I, I have a story in my life. I built, I was a framer through high school and college. It's how I paid my way through college was framing houses. And uh, I, I was a good, it was, this was before the, the days when nail guns, before they were perfected, they were really building them all in my era of work, but we still used hammers. And um, I can remember being pretty good at uh, tapping a nail and slamming it all the way in with these big, big framing axes that we had. And uh, we would have competitions, me and my friend John, when we were putting the flooring on the decking on, on a floor on a house. And he would get on one side and I would get on one and we would walk backwards and it was just a matter of pounding those nails and who could get to the end the fastest. And I remember I hit my thumb one time so hard that it just, I thought the, my whole fingernail came off black and blue. I thought it could be permanently damaged. I never joined in that competition again in my life. It wasn't worth it. Why? Because the pain was so great that I learned a lesson. And it's a lot easier to use a nail gun now, right? Except for a friend of mine, I had these big Vibram sole boots on, and he took that nail gun and he popped the nail in the back of that Vibram sole right into the floor on both of my feet. That was not good. I want to learn from the painful experiences. I want to learn from my painful experiences in relationships. I want to learn from my wife and kids. I want to learn about money. You know, we, if we had the time today to just talk about money in our lives, how many of you have ever made a bad financial decision? Just, just wave your hand. Yeah, we, we all have. 
And, and, and hopefully we, we learn from it. And hopefully we can not make that mistake again or continue to make that mistake. Let's learn from it. Authority. Um, we make mistakes with the authority that we've been given. And, and God's going to help us. Um, number four, never stop growing or changing. This is a big takeaway. Never stop growing or changing. I, I've said of somebody, and maybe you can think of someone, they are really set in their ways. And, and that can mean they're not going to change. I've even heard people say, I'm too old to change. I'm not changing. Well, and I get that to some degree in certain issues. But if you're rigid, you're going to break. You know, if you ever took a pottery class in high school, I loved pottery. And there's this big chunk of clay and you take this wire and cut off a chunk and you get it round and you throw it on the wheel and you center it. You know what I'm talking about? And, and it's, it's real pliable. You can drop that clump of clay on the ground and it just conforms to whatever it drops on. And it doesn't hurt it. And you can work with it. But the minute you put it in the kiln and you fire it, if you drop it then, what's going to happen? <laughs> it's going to break. And all the work will be destroyed. And I, I, I think that sometimes that's what trials do to people is we get so rigid and we get so molded that when we get dropped again, we actually become broken and irreparable in many ways emotionally. And I think God is calling us to somehow never, to somehow never stop growing or changing. I was on a flight. When you fly into Denver from the west, there's always turbulence over the mountain range, almost always. And I was sitting right over the wing, and I, they, they warned us there's going to be some strong turbulence, and that doesn't usually bother me too much because the airplanes are built for that. And I looked out, and boy, the, that wing tip was just going up and down and all around, and we were moving around. And I, I just thought, I am so glad those wings are flexible. Because if, if, they, if they weren't flexible, they would snap off. And, and we would never be able to, to fly safely. Let's remember that in our lives. Number five, don't let others define you. Don't let others define you. Um, what do you believe about yourself? It really matters. I love the Henry Ford quote that you've probably heard quite a few times. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. And I, I, I tell you, there's a lot of truth in that. Don't let people define you who, who have bullied you. You know, in some cases, don't let your parents put a lid on you or define you. Because not everyone is, is parented well. And sometimes I understand people more when I hear how they were raised. And I have more, more empathy because of what they faced uh, in their home. But don't let someone else define you. God has a plan for your life, and your self-talk really matters. Your God talk really matters. It's biblical. What happens in your mind, the transformation, uh, the renewing of your mind really matters to God. So don't let someone else say who you are. Let God say that, and you run toward that. The last thing is stay tender toward God. Stay tender toward God. You know, life can make us all really calloused. Life can push us into those scenarios where we become that clay that gets really hardened. And God has to begin to take us and massage us and add water and break us down again so that we become pliable. And I just wonder, I just wonder today if, 
if you could just kind of open your palms up to God today and say, I'm, I'm in a surrender mode and I need your help. And I want to pray with you about a couple specific things. So let's, let's pray together. Lord, it is wonderful to call you Lord. It is wonderful to come back to an altar moment, a prayer moment. It is wonderful that you have not left. It's wonderful that you were with Abram and Sarai through their bad mistakes and through their journey, through the pain. But they made it back to that altar. And they had to kind of get a fresh start. And some of us need that today. And I just ask you to help us on this snowy, snowy night. The wind is blowing and it's cold outside. Would you visit us? Would you talk to us? You guys, I'm going to ask you to just be really honest and transparent. Maybe you've gotten calloused through life experience. If you just know that you need God to put His arms around you and massage that hardened clay, or you're going to break if you're not careful, just hold your hand up. I want to pray for you if that's you. Okay? God bless you. Lord, we don't like this in us. Would you, would you somehow, through your spirit, I don't understand how you do this, spirit, but you can push us on those calluses and you can mold us again and you can break us in the right way. Touch our hearts. We don't like who we've become. I just pray, God, that you'll give us a better understanding of how we got here and maybe turn us around on this path. Send us back to a place where there wasn't so much brokenness. And let us recall and remember and reestablish a relationship with you and others. Secondly, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask you to lift a hand for what I just prayed in a sense. If you know you need to retrace some steps in relationship or finances or issues, and you just need to to go back and reevaluate some things. Um, could I pray over you? Just slip up a hand if that resonates with you. Okay. Lord, you know what's you know the details and you know what's going on in us. And I pray for my brother, my sister. I pray for the, the strength that only you can bring in a time when we maybe need to have a, a discussion. We maybe need to need to talk about this. Maybe it's undoing some things that are still still done in our lives that we need to fix. But we're going to trust you and we're not going to quit. Lastly, I want to pray for those of you that are just in a tough journey right now. It's just you feel like you've been down to Egypt and you're beat up and God just needs to restore you and help you. It's just, I just want to pray over us for that. Life is tough, Lord. It can, it can get us sometimes. So we really do just pause to say you are big enough for this need. You are great enough for my pain. And even if I have to go back to see my future, I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to believe you that I can restart some things that will honor you. And I want to start right now in this moment. I need healing, grace, mercy, and you've offered those things to me. And I, I believe that and I trust that. And as I walk out of here tonight, God, show me 
Show me the new person that you're wanting me to be and help me to cling on to that for the glory of God. Father, I pray for our futures. I pray for how we are going to be with our family, our friends, our loved ones, and how this moment could really impact all those relationships. Thank you for Abram's story, pain and all. We give our lives to you in your name. Amen. 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 I love you guys, and I'm praying for you, praying for us, that we'll keep growing, we'll keep trusting God through the experiences, the good and the bad and the ugly, as they say. Okay? Ushers, come, would you? And uh, this is our time to give. Now, look, um, you're going to have to give double tonight. <laughs> we, no, I, I'm kidding. You know that. But thank, thank you for, first of all, making the effort to be here and for your faithfulness and your stewardship. It makes a difference. So God bless you as you give. Let's sing this song together. So remember your people. Thanks for being Timberline. See you out there. Be careful.